You don't need it or you don't like don't it? need it. You don't need I, it. I like single. <laughs> I, I like assuming everybody's inside of me. Yeah. And in my okay. pockets. You know, like. Well, I don't no, the need... first one's better. Welcome to New Game Plus, a retro gaming podcast where three guys spend seven days playing one old game and then we talk about it. My name's Dustin. My name is Kenny. 14 days, Nolan. And this is episode 329, a producer poll! We actually had two weeks to play the game that we'll talk about soon because last week was a retro recap and guys, it was stupendous. Stupid? <laughs> no, that's not what that means. <laughs> what does it mean? It's a good thing. Oh yeah, it was a good thing. I enjoyed listening to it. It, it was a really strong episode and everybody roasted us, so that's always fun. It's always fun, if not surreal, to listen to one of our episodes that we're not doing i like and it. yeah it was kind of strange for the past you didn't listen to it for the past <laughs> yeah, three on. or four retro recaps uh some of our community members have led the initiative so this last retro recap retro recap 13 we want to say a massive thanks to garlisle shauna and bro jim for leading that venture because you did so great with it other than saying we were wrong in a few places. Yeah, we're never wrong. And you guys are stupendous. Stupendous, <laughs> which is the nice thing. Uh, if you haven't checked out the Retro so Recap, go back joke. and listen and then come back and listen to this one where we are now going to talk about Summer Games Done Quick oh. because it's still a month away. No worries. But the schedule of games has just been released. Babe, wake up. New schedule just dropped. Yep. Okay. What is it? Uh, and I, well, I'm not going to go through all the games, but I will share oh. with you the NGP relevant games, or at least a few of the NGP relevant games, including Shadow of the Colossus. Big. Sweet. Blaster Master. Big. Retro. Yep. Yep. Yeah, fine. Link's Awakening. Nolan. New one or GB Color. I believe it's the new one, the modern one. Huge. Yeah. Are you running that one? That's it's gonna be me. Yeah. Sorry. It's gonna be me. And then uh, Ocarina of Time. Hey, Ocarina. Okay. So all the games that I want to see <laughs> haven't they? Haven't they done Ocarina like a million times? I don't know about a million, but they have done so it what? more than once. This time they're doing a randomizer, though. It's a race. There's oh, okay. multiple people doing a randomizer. I'm there. That's even better. That's way Isn't better. Isn't that cool? They're also doing Metroid Dread, which is very cool. Great. Uh, Final Fantasy VI and X. For X, for the very first time, they're doing um, cutscene skips. So they were able to mod Poggers. the game in such a way that for the first time, because you can't skip it natively in-game, and, and so they're going to be able to do Final Fantasy X all the way through, maybe for the first time in a GDQ, because it's a long run. And that's like why it's so long of a wow. run, because of the cutscenes, right? So like that's uh, a partially. big oh, there's mod. some crazy long cutscenes awesome. in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Elden Ring. Oh, I'm there. No surprise. I hope it's not. They're doing All Remembrances. Yeah. Okay, All, all remembrances. remembrances is a really good run because it's not just going to be 
like 10 minutes. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, maybe less. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, the full list is available again, a month away. Do you plan to watch any of it? Look, I actually do. I'm, pl- I am planning to have it up all week. Like sometimes I feel like every other GDQ, I will like not watch it at all. And then the other one I'm, I'm there. So I plan on this one. I want to see all those games. That's a crazy list. I tend to just tune in for things that are highlights, yeah. but there'll certainly be at least, I don't know, two or three games that I'm super interested in and to see how they speed run. And it's always fun to kind of be a part of the event, see them raising money, all the like GDQ stuff. They do great. Well, I, I don't know what's going on the week that they're streaming, but I hope to be able to keep it on nonstop because it's always just so much fun and it is absolutely absurd. Some might even say puzzling how much money they're able to raise for charity on a regular basis. Absolutely puzzling. It's a puzzle. Like in our retro <laughs> game of the week, Luia 2 Rise of the Sinistrals. Overview. Lufia 2 Rise of the Sinistrals is a 1995 JRPG for the Super Nintendo, which means it's automatically my favorite of all of that. One of 50 billion of its kind on this console. (laughs) You give me a mid to late 90s JRPG, specifically on the Super Nintendo, but we could do PlayStation as well, and I am most likely going to enjoy at least portions of it. Okay, we give you a JRPG on the Super Nintendo and a JRPG on the GBA, and you've got to pick your poison. I mean, that's super easy. Yeah, I think he picks... GBA is not known for its JRPGs. Yeah, I think he picks SNES. It's a hypothetical question. <laughs> And I and need my, to know how much you love the GBA or not. Okay, I'll tell you at the end of the episode. You Stay have to tuned. Stick around. <laughs> it's called a teaser. Stick around. Hey, but Dustin, you usually care about them Square Enix titles. Yes, and this is not a Square Enix title. This is a Neverland title, which of Never we all who? know. Neverland. It's where Pinocchio's from. <laughs> yeah, I checked this dev team out. Just other games that they made, and it's not a long list. And not a lot of big JRPGs you'd recognize either. So I'm kind of like, what? No, it seems like it's one of those relatively small companies that are like like outsourced by other big publishers when they want something. Yeah. It's like it's like the Navy SEALs. Neverland <laughs> is the Navy SEALs of video game. Okay. Uh, sure. they, they don't come in for, for everything that's needed, the big projects, but they come in when they're needed for the hot and heavy rapid quick uh, yes. <laughs> gonna end it there uh it's published though by someone that's more familiar than neverland and that's tato it, in japan the marines Natsume in north america tato, the marines? and nintendo in the pal regions <laughs> oh, okay and it's stupendous late in snes cycle huh very late in the snes cycle one of the last super nintendo games made wow uh, it, it is late on the console, late on the console. And you can tell that because they were able to maximize some of the things from the previous experiences that they learned and gleaned from other companies and other games that they probably yeah. developed. Lufia 2. Naming it, of naming of characters. You said maximize. Okay. It's a good joke. 
man, you are bringing the energy and vibes <laughs> down so hard. Single-handedly. Like, now I don't want to do anything anymore. I don't either. I want to go to bed. <laughs> Lufia 2 is both a sequel and a prequel. Do you give me that, Kenny? Yeah. Thanks. You can have it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why I say that is this, because, of course, Lufia 2 is the second Lufia game in the series. However, chronologically, the story comes first. But it's also just called Lufia in some places. In the PAL region, that's so that's Europe and Australia, it is just called Lufia because they never received Lufia. Got <laughs> this it. Is not no, it's, they, it's because they realized it's a prequel and a sequel, and those things just cancel out. And it's equal. Math. They're just practical. It's just math. Yeah, it's just it's just math. I, uh, petition to just call it Lufia Dose this episode. Uh, no. Y'all okay with that? <laughs> Will you give me that, Kenny? More confusing. Will you give me that? <laughs> you... No, deny. Okay, he denied Freak. it. I'm not bilingual enough. <laughs> All right, let me Come give you the story, because this is set 99 years before Lufia and the Fortress of Doom, which is the first one. That and cool. young Maxim, or Maxime. The magazine. No, don't say it like that. Is a local monster hunter who is told that he is the chosen one and he must save the world from the evil Sinistrals. Oh. What are Sinistrals, you ask? Well, play for 20 hours and find out. It's the things you put in like hot chocolate at Christmas. Those are straws. Cinnamon. No, those are marshmallows. Sinistrals. Hey. Hey. Okay, this come is on. Just like all the other JRPGs, you're a boy of no renown until you have to save the world. Literally, in this one, some mysterious Dude. character shows up to you and says, You have to save the world by defeating the Sinistrals. And he's like, I haven't even had dinner. You know, <laughs> like he's a little boy. So it's uh, all but the over, plots of all the it, JRPGs. It is. I'm not upset that you've got a similar plot to all the other JRPGs as long as you take it and do something unique and different and good sure. with it. All right. And that's the question. Is it unique and different and good? Reminder that this is a producer pool. Like I said up front, Big. we had two weeks to play it this week. So not seven days, but 14 days. And this game was submitted by Marlian, Garlisle, and Shauna. Thank you. Gameplay. So much character setup and interaction before you even press a button in this game. Yeah, there's a lot. It's it's a huge prequel to the prequel. <laughs> the whole like cutscene that gives you everybody's story. And Dustin, I know you can't watch that in the first play, and you didn't. Maybe you did off screen, but it's not easy to do that. But I really liked the like set up here because it begins with the cinnamon straws talking about (laughs) should we be in power or the humans like do we need to kill them all question mark and then it goes through all these scenes of all the characters you're going to meet so it's a little intro to them and they're interacting with each other and then it ends it's a long one too and then it so you're getting the human part they're talking about and it goes back to the cinnamon sticks and they say they, they repeat the question, us are humans. And I think it's a pretty cool setup and got me kind of hyped to play the game. It is a cool setup. JRPGs are probably the hardest to do a first play of. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because there is typically a lot of exposition, story, character, world revealing up front. And sometimes that takes 15 to 30 minutes. And sometimes we played games where you're not in your first battle until yeah. about the hour mark. And that's game. Yeah, it's like an hour in before you swing your sword. 
Yeah, like yeah, you, you like, don't need to skip that stuff. You need to watch it, but at the same time, like you don't. We're not going to publish that as a first play. It's not a first play. It's just watching. <laughs> right. I mean, you could watch that by just looking <laughs> yeah. up the gameplay or something. You know, like there's it, it. It would be super easy to do that. And so I, I, in my first play, I tried to you know jump forward after watching just a little bit of the story, and so we get a little bit of the world building, but are able to jump in, and then immediately you go into this tutorial cave, right? Um, and a lot of these games have a tutorial area, but they don't typically call it a tutorial area. This one's straight up like the practice cave or the training <laughs> yeah. cave or something. It's like press A, L. It's, it's, it is very much a tutorial. And I, I'm glad that they weren't afraid to, to do that because a lot of games are afraid to do that. You, you needed to do that here because they introduce a couple of things that are unique, there's this sort of whole element of the game that is, I don't know, almost more a action RPG yeah. styled, uh, kind of more Zelda inspired than typical JRPGs. They do this sort of fusion of those two genres where you have your uh, your your Y button set to an extra sort of item that's not part of your fights, but part of your dungeon interactions. And you need to be taught how to do that. You need to be taught how to do dungeon resets because this is a pretty puzzle-heavy game, as you already said. And the nature of their puzzles, you can lock yourself out of. And so they gave you a nice quality of life feature. There. Nice. And so there were some good things for them to go over. But there were also a whole lot of elements of this game that are unique elements to this game that I'm sure we'll talk about throughout the rest of this episode that they don't even touch on in this first dungeon. They kind of just give you some training wheels and say, okay, take it from here. You said Legend of Zelda, and I don't see the comparison there. Yeah, because, <laughs> a hook shot. You're because a in, bomb. in this game, in this game, the items that you use in the dungeons are things like bombs, hook, hook shot, shot. Yeah. Uh, arrows, <laughs> and hammers. Yeah, I've never heard any uh, Zelda of Legend do anything like that. So, um, yeah. So I've also heard this game compared to games like Golden Sun, Illusion of Gaia and even Earthbound, which are interesting. Hey, I do have a quick question. What? In this game, when you've got a party of four, typically, uh, they are following you around in town mm -hmm. in a line. Mm -hmm. Do you like that, or do you like that just everybody's one character? I don't need it. A lot of games lately have done it for us, and I don't need it. It's kind of, like, weird. You don't need it, or you don't like I don't it? need it. <laughs> You don't need I, it. I like single. <laughs> I, I like assuming everybody's inside of me. Yeah, and in my okay. pockets, you know, like well, I don't no, the need, first one's better. Yeah, uh, agreed. I prefer I prefer the single icon. Yeah. the trailing people playing, you know, follow the leader is a little silly. I do like when you switch your party member though that you can get sure. a different like like person based on whoever's in front or whatever. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, so I think we're all in agreement. We enjoy the party being inside of us. The yeah. this game though has a line of people that are moving behind of you, behind you, but only in only in towns. In the dungeon, it is single character. Yeah, and in thankfully. the overworld, it's single character. They do a lot of different things here. Um, in the overworld, there are random encounters, but in the dungeons, there are no random encounters. It is like a Chrono Trigger, even, yeah. where the enemies are on the screen and they move when you move, <sighs> just like that. When they move, you, you move. move. 
just, just like, like that. that. Yeah. Uh, and you can strategically <laughs> use some of your items uh, to stun them and even get cut, go around behind them and get a back attack. Out from behind. You get them from behind, get a back attack, and or they can get you from behind and surprise attack you and get <laughs> some yeah. attacks before yeah. you're able to get off attacks. Um, listen, we can't blow by the dungeon thing. All those things y'all said. Look, a, a JRPG that did Zelda Dungeons is a brilliant idea. And why didn't everyone do this? Why didn't all of them do it? Because it was so refreshing to walk into dungeons and for the rooms to look unique and for there to be real puzzles that are sometimes actually yeah. puzzling and then get rewarded with chests and usable items... That's so good. That's a great paradigm. And everyone was scared to do it, but like the world didn't end and, when they put it in this game. And different kinds of puzzles too. You're not talking just little like solve this little thing and then move on. Like the dungeons themselves are these involved puzzles where you're having to move from room to room and look at how your interactables happen and do something here that's going to have an effect on something a couple rooms away and figure out how to make those things sort of like cooperatively get you to your goal. And they were very, very well designed. Sometimes that can be frustrating and feel repetitious, but these felt unique, different, challenging, and rewarding when you beat them because of that. Although I did find sometimes I would have to repeat portions because they were tough. And I don't know. It was it was good. Really well designed. I, I, I like to compare and contrast it a little bit this week to another JRPG we recently played, Lunar, the Silver Star, Dude, yeah. because opposite oh. ideas when it comes to dungeon creation. When you put them together, it, it's like yeah. Lunar was didn't even think about it. They were just like, now, dungeons? We have dungeons now, in our game? If I'm not mistaken, Lunar was many years, or a few years at least before of this. Of course, but, and that's fine. But, in in Silver Star, you uninspired dungeons, large for no reason, Maze-like. artificial lengthening of time. Yes, yes. No puzzles. Just nothing. In this, the dungeons, some of them are small, some of them are large. You've got all different sizes, but almost every area has a purpose. You'll go through rooms that don't have much of a purpose, but in one room, there will be a cracked wall that you need to place a bomb to blow it up and be able to walk through. In another room, there might be a hidden wall that you can walk past and and follow the darkness of the screen to a, a treasure chest. Another room, you might use your hookshot to get across a gap that you wouldn't otherwise get across. And then there are puzzles like where you actually have to like put a pot on this switch, yeah. get a monster to get on another switch and stun him stun so that him. he stays yeah. there so that the door opens like there's there's puzzles that are and I, I played a lot this week I put in over 20 hours in this game That's a lot. and it is a dungeon heavy game it's tons of dungeons and boss but there's still and and what boss keys like uh, yeah, to open the yeah, boss oh, yeah. door I mean it's le- yeah Zelda but um, I'm just saying that the puzzles they're not all great but there are they're not recycling there's heavily yes. they're, they've got a lot of unique puzzles in this game yes other thing that is definitely unique at the time, at least, um, Pokemon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so Pokemon, I guess, uh, stole this idea. They had to have. Yes. No. That's not, not, not how that works. <laughs> um, Ca- capsule monsters Fine. is what they called them in game. To you know, oh, not 
to not get sued. And so instead of pocket monsters, it's capsule monsters. Interesting. Yeah. A um, huge distinction. It's really interesting because you actually catch these monsters with um, poke bowls. It's really weird here <laughs> that you don't have to do that. Kenny's like, did I miss something? Uh, you yeah, you like, can't find no. them randomly. There are, I think, six or so capsule monsters scattered at certain areas throughout this game that you can capture and then they fight alongside of you as a fifth party member, but it's AI controlled only. It's a nice touch and maybe started as a good idea. However, I did not find a lot of value or enjoyment out of them. They were simply there. And I'm not huge on like pet sim games already. Like Monster Rancher, for instance, is just not my thing. Sorry. Um, but when if it's like a core mechanic like Golden Sun, that's that's where I make the comparison. Because Golden Sun has gins and it's a core mechanic and you use them both outside and inside battle and it flows. It makes sense. I like it. Here, they were just there and that's whatever. I don't know. Yeah, there were times in battle it was kind of nice to have them. a little bit of sure. sort of a quality of life thing. Although even then it slows down how often you're getting to do active things by sort of taking this extra turn. And so, I don't know. I felt fine about it. It, it added something that felt different but the the system itself wasn't super engaging the way you level these things up is by uh like feeding them items that you find along the way you sort of like sacrifice an item to to level up like your that. capsule monster and get some new moves that they have which is a kind of interesting like trade-off idea but it was it was pretty simplistic and as a whole, felt kind of afterthoughty to me. It wasn't sort of core to the gameplay or really have, it didn't really have anything to do with a story. It was just sort of like an extra thing that happened. And I don't know if it was because following fads or, or why they chose to go that way. Um, but I was pretty ambivalent about that mechanic. And I was more stupendous about it because I think <laughs> that. <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. So the idea is not a bad one. The implementation is kind of just like, it, it's fine, but it didn't, it doesn't really fit, honestly. Like, because it's not yeah. talked about in no. game. It's not mentioned. It's not more like connected. It's not a thing. <laughs> you know, really. it, it does feel like an add-on. Like, uh, there's two other guys in the corner that weren't a part of the rest yeah. of the development team that were like, we did this. Yeah. And they're like, I guess we'll add it. I'm sure the like final evolution of some of them, maybe even the late yeah. game ones, I bet they're OP or can be, but do I care to like risk a lot of items and maybe bug my game? I think there's a bug in the States version that like sometimes doesn't work. I I don't think so. Mm. Well, I mean, my fire capsule monster ended up pretty much becoming a Charizard. So like they just uh, copy. It did copy. I mean, yeah, they copy Pokemon, copy Legend of Zelda, but you acted like earlier. You acted like earlier that <laughs> <Superman>? it's, <laughs> it's fine it is as fine. long as I think copying it, is okay, good. Okay. Yes. Copying yes. is good. You can you can get away with copying another game as long as you don't like directly rip off their IP. Great segue he's question he, mark. that lawyers get involved he's on one tonight. I, he apparently I, is but i i don't know if he hears me when i say like it it <laughs> makes me not want to do things <laughs> it makes yeah there I'm are people you. that live for it what did he do it's like it's like no, two no, of them name i or you don't even have to na there's no who 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 lives for know. it yeah they exist 
They okay. exist. There's oh, one no. other battle system that Kenny would like for us to talk about, and it is the IP system. So like most JRPGs, you've got HP, which is your health. You've got MP, which is your magic or mana. And this one has a third bar for each of your characters called the IP bar. Ignorant that points. That is... A really cool concept yeah, it is. because it is you that bar builds when you take damage from the enemies and then you can use up portions of that bar to do some unique abilities, limit break-esque abilities that are completely tethered to the weapons you're wielding or the armor you're wearing. I like this. It's kind of like builds that we can all have different on our playthroughs. Like and it's not only weapons too. It's like just items that you equip could be on a shirt. Like I, I think that's a really cool idea and also adds some like decision-making to an otherwise linear genre or like straightforward genre where you might get a, a sword that has clearly better stats, like way better, but it doesn't have the OP IP that you like to use. And so you have to decide, do I want to swap those out? I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a fun like management on top of my characters that I, I enjoyed. Yeah. In, in most JRPGs, you are equipping what has the, the best, best stats. Yeah. The best one you just right. bought at the newest shop. Yeah. And you'll want to do that a lot here, but you are, you are not just looking at stats. You are looking at the IP abilities. Yep. And there are some that really help make your team well-rounded to where one of your fighters can actually be a helpful healer uh, because of one of the items that they're wearing. Yes. Uh, it's really cool. Um, it's not new. Even in early Final Fantasies, you're being able to use items and they have a usable effect. But to really build a mechanic, a core mechanic out of it, I thought was a really brilliant idea. And I haven't seen it done in other JRPGs. Not, not really. that I can name. It might exist, but no. I, I can. I was like, whoa, I like this. Yeah, it was, it was a really cool mashup of that like use an item for an effect and like that limit break kind of vibe together. And it's kind of nice that when you get hit, something beneficial happens, you know? Yeah. Like normally damage, like yeah. taking damage is just a negative thing and you just want to avoid it at all costs. Yeah, that's cool. And it's not like you're going out to take damage, but you get a little perk, even if you are getting it's slapped good. around of knowing you're going to get your coolest moves out yep. of it. And so it's sort of like, I don't know. I'm with you. This was a really cool feature and well implemented. Dustin, it sounds like you played more than us. Um, did you go spelunking? Um, so I did. I don't know if, yes, I went down deep. Yeah. So we had 14 days to play. The first week I played Lufia 2. The second week I played Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup. Right. Uh, which is a dungeon crawl game. Uh, I didn't play DCSS. I played, they've got a a section in this game called the ancient dungeon that is 99 randomized floors where your team starts with no starting items or magic and they start on level one and you have to work your way through these caves, getting new items and equipment, getting new magic randomly leveling up as you're fighting and hopefully getting all the way to the end and fighting the epic boss at the end of the dungeon. And possibly grabbing some really hard to yeah. obtain items for your actual playthrough that that's where you get them. Yeah. So, so there good. are red chest items that you can use just in the dungeon and they go away when you get out. But then there are some blue chest items that you can keep when you get out of the cave and they can make your team OP later on. If this game hadn't already kind of had me on the hook for 
you know, we could only play so much and it's a really long game, even with two weeks of playtime. I was I was in I want to play more of this when we're done mode, which doesn't always happen. If that hadn't happened on its own, the addition of the ancient cave alone would have gotten me to go and play until in game just to get to do that because so creative and I'm also just in like a weird secret love affair with roguelikes lately. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is right up my alley and it seems like they actually did a good implementation here, which is hard to pull off. Like the the game in the game, but it's still viable. Yeah, it's kind of unheard of. It's wild. It, it is crazy that they went there and it and pulled it off. Like such a right. cool end gamey or just like a bonus content thing inside of a single player JRPG. It's great. And it is not easy. It's super tough. Oh, I yeah? abused save states to be able to do it. No shame. Uh, and then there are actually a few items that I relied heavily on that are cursed items, which happens in dungeon games. Kenny, did you even know that in this game there are cursed items that you have to get the curse lifted? That's like that's like a dungeon crawl. Yeah. Uh, but in this one, there are some cursed items that then you can't change out of them. But th- th- one of these items, a fatal pick that I gave to, uh, to one of my characters, has an 80% instant kill on all of the enemies, on all enemies. That's so, so sick. I, yeah, I was abusing the mess out of that. But uh, it's, so a, it's a tough dungeon. I was able with save states to complete it, which was epic and fun. But it did take I, as much time as I put in last week to the game. It took just to beat the ancient dungeon this week. It was tough. That's so crazy. Yeah. A literal whole gaming experience as just icing on the cake right. is wild you should definitely at least get there and try it kenny it's no dcss which is the crema la crap but it is uh it is just a really good addition here aged we already talked about end of the era release yeah and how much sort of quality that comes with uh and i think as we talk through some of these kind of like aging requirements the specific one I want us to talk about is is sort of the just quality of life stuff that they put in. And 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 some of this is even almost gameplay elements, but can we talk about the fact that your magic can be single targeted and then you can hit a button so nice. and just one shoulder button target the whole group, make it an AoE if you want to. Yeah. Can we talk about the fact that your um though it's a little slow and maybe could have been faster that your item swapping on your select button is like active and fast and moves both directions yep. and it's super cool and easy to navigate exactly the items that you and want. And Maxim moves the really wonderful, fast. Yeah, the wonderful, beautiful menus, the gameplay speed of your characters walking around. They just did lots of stuff to make this game very smooth and playable and easy to pick up and that just translates into a game that you can go back to easily it's one of those quality of life things that they learn over time being one of the last again i don't know although i do have a list pulled up i think it's one of the last like 20 games or so that came out on the super nintendo might as well be the last game 
And <laughs> and so they learned sure. a lot, but not just learned like because other games could have done some of these things, but they learned the right lessons, and then they said we're going to go into the effort to implement these. I, yeah, we you mentioned it, but one of my favorite things alone, just that you could press X and get a full description no. of what an, an item or magic yes. ability does. Come on, we played games where you just have to guess. I, or <laughs> or one, I've got this old school scan of the booklet up that right. is kind of helpful but yeah. this just straight up tells you tells you everything bro, unacceptable for other games to not do that come on there there were some terrible naming conventions though and that might have more to do with uh translation probably but your your heel spell being called strong i don't like that was su- was super dece- deceptive and I made me so angry the whole time i think that's translation which is problematic because there are yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, there are some significant issues when it comes to the translations here. Um, not only are oh, yeah. some of the spells named oddly, some of them are just straight up wrong. I had one IP <laughs> item that was told me that it would heal all of my party. Uh, like uh, it, it say something like that, or even it say, it was more specific. Yeah. So I thought it would heal all my party. It wouldn't. It takes away status ailments of anyone in my party, but it doesn't so it heal. Cleanses it doesn't your bring. Party. It cures them. Yeah. It doesn't cures, heal them. Cures cleanses. Um, but not only that, there are some times where like some of the characters' names are wrong. So one of your characters is Guy, la- yeah. G-U-Y. Sometime later, he'll be called Guy, G-A-I. And then there's <laughs> even one, we probably all got here because this is early on. You get one <laughs> yeah. um, like request, a yes or no request, and the <laughs> options are opposite. It's backwards. Yeah, it's yeah I wrong. noticed that. You hit yes, and they're like, and they act like you said no, yeah. and you hit no, and they give you the explanation that you were asking that for. That made me double take so, so I was like, is this a, was that an intentional joke? <laughs> or <laughs> but Between that and some of the bugs Nolan bugs. talked about, and there are some, yeah. it, it is probably, we didn't play it, but it is probably worth pointing out that there is a fairly well-regarded like community oh. bug fix patch nice. that goes in and cleans up a whole bunch of that stuff and sort of, you know, takes a few of those rough edges off. You probably don't need it. Like, this game is you know, enjoyable on its own. But the fact that there were enough things to feel problematic that people were like, well, we better go in and fix it ourselves is, you know, worth considering. You know what a a big bummer was? I finally got to the final dungeon room of the ancient dungeon crawl. And so it should be the most epic moment of all time. I saw this. And the tile set is completely jacked up. How did that get past... QA. What is that? That's yeah. terrible. None of, none of them were none of them were good enough to get all the That's way through it, the cave. Actually. <laughs> that is that is it, I'm sure. It's just frustrating because it's it's like things were rushed getting it over to the States. I th- but yeah. I think it was a few years later. Like like in Japan it came out in ninety five, North America ninety six, PAL region ninety seven. So like it feels like they should have had the time, but either they didn't have the time or they didn't have the de- attention to detail because it was missed for sure. Now the good. Um yeah. visually, this thing Ooh. is end of life SNES like good. It's beautiful up there. Colors, vibrant, um, where they need to be. In the, to me, the sprite work is the standout, both in the characters and I love good item sprites. The Symphony of the Night is like supreme. Their item sprites are top. But this game also had like a unique artwork for every little item that you picked up just about. And then, like you mentioned, Kenny, the wheel spinning when you're choosing your spell in dungeons. 
gives you like a visual of that and all of them look really nice and clean. They did a great job the, with the visuals. The dungeons themselves yeah, are the varied and yeah. pretty good. The animations for stuff going on in the dungeons are well done. Overall, this is a good-looking yes. game for yes. sure. I would love for y'all to see the fourth level, the final level of some of these magic spells because they are one of the, some of the coolest animations and sprite work in the game because it's like summons. Um, so when you do the yeah. ice one, this ice woman will descend and an ice will rain. Uh, another one like Leviathan will come out of the waves. Like that is impressive for Super Nintendo. One of the areas that I particularly enjoyed, I don't know if y'all can maybe drudge this up in your mind, but there are some times where you have to go through these shrines in game and they yes. let you, that's some of the most beautiful artwork in Dude. the entire game in those shrines. Yes. I, I, it's a weird they thing to point so out. They so good. So absolutely good. beautiful i also think musically the songs were great Top. the battle music was epic Battle's the town great. music the overworld like all of these different areas have really good music incredible music i absolutely loved it i do have a complaint though the la longer you play and the later you get into the game not only do they reuse tile sets a lot they reuse the music a lot and so even if the music is good when you're in the 20th dungeon and hearing the same dungeon music over and over again it's kind of annoying same town there's so many towns in this game same town music it gets annoying and they pick and choose because Every once in a while, you'll get a new track in a new town or a new track in a new dungeon, but not all the time. It's a really long game. There's only so much that they're going to be able to put in to to flesh that out. You know, you're you're limited in kind of how how much you can throw at things, and so it's it doesn't surprise me that that's the case. But it's a little bit of a bummer because the music itself is so it good is. that the fact that it would have a downside at all that they couldn't you know just put in 30% more music or something to really take it all the way is kind of too bad. What did you guys think about the storytelling? Because um, Ooh, I had started talking uh, the, uh, this episode, I started talking about how I like the setup of the story. Um, I did not get super far, but I'm curious to know how y'all think they went about storytelling. I'm, I'm torn. I like that most of the storytelling, once you get into the game, is in-game storytelling. You're not getting a lot of, like, text exposition that you have to read to move sure. things along. It's characters meeting each other and talking to each other and, you know, the actions happening normally that it's... You, it's that whole, like, storytelling trope of, like, show me, don't tell me, you know, and we're in the story and we get to see it. And so I like that. I don't always like... I don't know, kind of how they did it. It it leans real sort of simple and kind of, I don't know, stereotypical. You get this whole like love story thing going on that's a little heavy handed and like it's fine. The The whole, you know, you're just the hero of prophecy thing is kind of phoning it in. So I don't know. I'm I'm sort of torn on that. I like the meta narrative. I like the idea of these sinistrals that you don't really know what they are, but they're super powerful and you're the chosen one that has to assemble a crew to try to take them out. But I think it loses its way often. Mm. And 
the a lot of the game are these fetch quests, and I never love in JRPGs where you're supposed to be saving the world from this super evil force, but then there's this character in a village that wants a flower, and you have to go <laughs> up a deadly mountain yeah, to pick like, a flower. Like, like no, uh, and, and, right. and that happens. This game is a series of fetch quests. You go yeah. to a town, you do a few fetch quests unrelated to the big thing that's happening until you get swept back up into the big thing that's happening, yeah. and this game does it a lot. It's rough. That's... I guess there had to be some some missteps there because like everything else was so good. <laughs> it's like, yeah. and there aren't, I don't know. Story I, is I, tough yeah. with so many other JRPGs that like y'all have said, I've done the same thing, same tropes. So I don't know. I definitely think Final Fantasy has the market on storytelling more so. I'm not saying they're perfect, but when it comes to some of these Super Nintendo 95, 96, 94 JRPGs, yeah. they just do it so mm. well. Luthia 2 does it okay. There are other Luthia games. As mentioned, Luthia and the Fortress of Doom is the first one that came out in 93 for the Super Nintendo. You've got Luthia the Legend Returns for Game Boy Color in 2001. You've got a GBA title in 2002 called Luthia, The Ruins of Lore. Which you probably want to play. Oh, of course, GBA. It's the best. Uh, then a remake of Luthia 2 for the DS in 2010 by Square weird. Enix. <laughs> How does that make sense? Even more weird. Called Luthia, Curse of the Sinistrals. Remake on I bet it's DS. good, right? I'd play it. I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't hold a candle to this. Ooh, interesting. I don't think so. Not on the DS. Luthia 2 for the Super Nintendo is $156 used and $443 new. Okay. Wow. No, expensive. Yeah, that's expensive. Yeah. And probably talks to how popular this game is. Or, yeah, that probably. Yeah. I did see last week someone was trying to sell a copy for like $1,400 new. Because they listen. Uh, I don't... I, that's what it was. I don't think it sold, and so uh, it came back down. But after this episode goes live, you'll be able to sell it for fourteen hundred. Profits so will up. be up, up, up. All right. Prophecies. Final thoughts. At the end of each and every one of our episodes, we determine whether or not the game gets our vote for New Game Plus status, which is our general thumbs up or thumbs down. It does require two thirds of the vote to swing one way or the other for this producer poll episode. Kenny, what are your final thoughts? Uh. This one's an obvious yes for me. I don't think that's super exciting. Um, and I don't think in a producer pool, it's super shocking that we found a game that we liked, especially when it's an RPG on the Super Nintendo from the mid-90s. Um, however, there were some notable, notable elements of frustration that are keeping this from being like, oh man, this might be the best game of all time. And without those, honestly, this one might be in that ring with Chrono Trigger and some of those others like fighting for one of my Whoa. favorites because it's a, it's a really good game baby uh, but it's not perfect um really good game all around probably one I'll continue playing after the podcast which is a very high bar uh because the game is good and because I have to get to that ancient cave and beat it probably without save states because I'm a weird purist on my roguelikes you won't be able to do it's tough <laughs> but i would wa i would it's watch so, the so entire hard. thing do it please do it please. yeah i'd watch that uh I, yeah i also give it my vote for new game plus status it's an excellent jrpg and i'm glad that it finally got picked for the randomizer for us to play i love jrpgs that's not, not a surprise to anyone my my vote for this one is not a surprise to anyone this game 
does so much right. It's absolutely excellent. It's so much fun. Honestly, if they would have tweaked a few things, of course, the localization issues, if they would have had a little bit more of a streamlined story at the expense of some of the length of the game, so instead of a 20, 25-hour game, make it 15, and I think it would have been all like top three of, of this kind of... Yeah, and a little bit more like character, maybe some humor, like a little bit more... humor. Kind of hard. There's some, but like, I don't know, Chrono Trigger just like... We don't need to compare this game to Chrono Trigger all the time, but it's one of one of the best and one that we fell in love with. But part of what we love about that is like tone and Wait, these what characters. Wait, what are you doing? What are you doing? How does this always happen? And why do we let it happen? I was waiting on you to get mad at me. It's even, a conversation. No. no, it's not. We're co-hosts. This has st- and you were basically done. This has st- you were basically oh this has stopped God. being a conversation during this section of the podcast. Okay, this is not. Now, one of my new favorite games, it is not, okay, Shadow of the Colossus out of all the games we played is the only game that's made into my top 10 uh, and kicked other games out. This is a great game, one of the best on the console, and if you have not played this game, you certainly should try because it is it is phenomenal in many ways. Does it make your top 25? It's my turn. Not of all time. All right. I think they made some of the like most interesting choices with the dungeons, with the the battle system. They took, I don't even want to call them risk. They just said, hey, we're going to do the Zelda thing in our RPG. And I love that. It, and I wanted more of that from the time, from the console, like from these developers. It just... It's a nice combo, actually. It it just works well together. And maybe we got a little more of those two genres uh, uh, coming together with like Breath of the Wild, maybe. But like that's so much later. This would have fit a lot of other Square games on the SNES. Anyways, so that makes me just mad that I didn't get more of that. Um, I think that this game is fantastic. I probably won't return to it, but that doesn't mean that it's not a must play. It is one of the best on the console. I agree. NGP. I will be finishing the game. I'm only about probably five, six missions away. Good. The thing with JRPGs is I really don't think it's fun to watch me play. Oh, because like I, I take so long to do anything. Uh, and it's, it's, it just can't be fun to watch. I just want to see the, Uh, the, uh, the climax. Lufia 2 Rise of the Sinistrals is New Game Plus certified, but what did you think? We had 341 votes on YouTube. 23% said yes, it's worth playing. 8% said no, and 69% have never played it before. Nice. I don't want to know what the 8% like game recommendations are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they didn't play no? this game. They're contrarians. <laughs> yeah, they're, get out of here. They're idiots. They're idiots. They're they stupid. I do want to read some of the commentary that came in from viewers. Can't read them all. Don't have enough time. But want to read from a Marlian, who is one of the producers that submitted the game. By the way, he had been time. submitting this for every <laughs> yeah. producer and Patreon pull since the beginning of time. And finally, here, this game got selected. It's here. Warning, this review contains full Lufia 2 bias. That's fine. I played. Oh, I thought you were about to say spoilers, and I was going to take my earphones off because I'm not done with it yet. I played this game first when I was a kid. Lufia has always had a good story, but suffered from way too high enemy encounter rate and boring dungeons. When we picked up Lufia 2, I was fully expecting the game to be the same. 
I was completely wrong. They took the good story writing from the first game, but completely revamped the other systems. They didn't have to make a good game within a game with the ancient cave, but they did, and this <laughs> game becomes outstanding. You could just play this game for the ancient cave roguelike randomizer and get enjoyment out of it. Dude. Speaking of the story, it focuses on your party characters. You really do get to know them and understand why they're in your party at the end. I love it. It is a shame it came out late for the system. There are those who did not play it because there yep. were new systems, mm -hmm. and uh, but there were some that did play it because not everyone could jump onto the new thing when it comes out. This game even has an NGP mode, yeah, so it it's does. fully deserving of new game plus plus plus. And I will personally demand kindly that everyone agrees with me. Marlene, I'm happy for you. Glad that we played it. it it's lucky for all you. All those things, and yeah, I think you're yeah. right that some people missed it because it was like, oh, let's get the next thing. Which is unfortunate. Now, one of the major speedrun categories for this game is just the ancient dungeon so because good. it is randomized. That's so That's good. Kind of really cool. Garlisle, one of the other, uh, he's a director actually that submitted this in the producer poll, said, You can tell that this game had a bit of a rushed localization, already being one of the last games in North America for the Super Nintendo. From rough grammar and name inconsistencies to bugs, like certain rooms having the wrong tiles entirely. And I could argue it's a bit generic and formulaic, but also this might be the best of the formula. Story beats are quick and focused on colorful characters with a couple genuinely unique turns. Snappy combat is given its own unique twist thanks to the capsule monsters and the IP system, which might be the first limit break gauge system in RPGs. Hmm... There's an entire inbuilt randomizer ages before that was even popular. But to me, the dungeon design is what really gets it as a, a spot as one of the system's top five RPGs. Level design yeah. in the genre is vastly underappreciated. Yes. And not only does this game take some Zelda-esque cues on puzzle mechanics, the turn-by-turn -turn moving encounters even allow regular enemies to be a part of the exploration. Yes. It's brilliant. And while a couple of series like Wild Arms and Golden Sun kept this game's spirit alive, I wish this game had more influence than it did in the genre. Dustin, I really wish you would have played Golden Sun. I say oh, that all the time. You miss missed it. that week. I think you would have not stopped talking about it this episode because it's such a like spiritual successor, maybe very similar in very quality. That cowboy guy, this is his first time riding in and playing the game of the week. He said, I'm not even halfway through, but it, does, it doesn't take long to see just how far-reaching Lufius 2 influence is. The positives between Golden Sun and Wild Arms puzzle solving and Azure Dreams turn-based movement, Lufius 2 set the foundation for mechanics I would come to love years later. Uh, for things that are just okay, the dialogue is a mixed bag from leaving you cringing and gender stereotypes to being amazed that this was made over 25 years ago. Graphically and musically, this game is generally very immersive, although reused assets had me wishing parts of the game away. And then the negatives, the ancient cave was a unique idea, but could have benefited from an ability to save your progress. Return to the main <laughs> game and pick up where you left off later. Splitting the game into two titles, along with some minor graphical and musical additions, may have been a wise decision to combat some repetition. However, mm. it's clear that Lufia 2 is a classic that any fan of the genre should experience. So they're saying that the ancient cave should be a separate thing? I don't think so. I took it as uh, Ancient Cave, the comments on that, and then just oh, the link yeah. to this game. If they would have split it into two different games, oh, then it okay. could have even been stronger. Gotcha. 
It is a long one. Uh, And then Kenny, you can comment on this one. Zach said, there is a charm to this game that I really enjoy. The mix of random encounters on the world map, invisible enemies in dungeons and caves is a nice change. It reminds me of Chrono Trigger with the option to fight or not. Really like that there are puzzles as well. Most of the music is good. However, the standard cave music is painful. I feel like some sounds were lifted from Final Fantasy games. Enjoyed what I played. Plan to keep keep on going. NGP all the way. Painful? Bruh. Bruh? Is your commentary? Is, to be honest, it is way That's past Kenny's bedtime. Uh, but okay. he he's got to do better than that, and we all know that, and need to hold him to that standard. Amen. For now, we're going to set aside Lufia Two, and we're going to randomly select the next retro game of the week from our retro master list. Randomizing now. We're back to seven days, not fourteen, but seven. Okay. And we're going to be playing a sequel. Boom. Nice. It came out in 2005. What's your Whoa. console guess? Uh, GameCube. Kenny? Xbox? We're going to be playing a game on the Nintendo DS. Oh, that's exciting. Interesting. Do we have to have a stylus? We've had a few interesting experiences with those. Do we need a stylus? No, you can use your mouse. You might. We are playing a fighting game based on a popular anime series. Dude, I'm so out. The like, game that we're playing. The game that we're playing for the next seven days is called Dragon Ball Z Supersonic Warriors 2. God. Okay. I'm not doing the first play. I've been surprised by some games that I was worried about. That you think that's gonna Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It wouldn't be my first Piccolo, but... Wow! In the episode, hurry! (laughs) Find a copy of Dragon Ball Z Super Sonic Warriors 2 for the Nintendo DS and play along with us this week. If you want to leave commentary on the game and get connected to our community, you can go to discord.gg slash newgameplus. Thank you to the following producers. Amarlin, Anton, and Ben, Brunt, Carrie, Captain Protein, Dan, DB... D.H. Bowser, rather, Francesca, Gimbin, Joey, Jordan, J. Robert, Justin, Clint, Nicknack, Corey, Maxima, Mr. Lattes, Nawal Sajans, Shauna Thomas, Unbedavable, William, and Zion. You guys are the best. Thank you for your producerage. Uh, huge, huge shout out to Bro Jim and Garlisle for their direct support of our podcast every week. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, we got some new patrons. Yeah, welcome aboard, Enrique and Nathan. Welcome. Thank you for uh, jumping on to the uh, bandwagon. We're so glad that you're here on the bandwagon. You can follow us on our social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, and YouTube. All those links are in the show notes. Listen directly on any podcast provider of your choice. Subscribe so that you're the first to get new NGP episodes. And while you're at it, please leave a kind rating and review. Our video episode was edited by our friend Dylan. Our audio episode was edited and produced by our friend Dan Willett. Join us next week as we... Kamehameha your face with Dragon Ball Z Supersonic Warriors 2. Until then, I'm still a Sinistral. I'm hyped to get into that ancient cave. I'm Bulma. You're not a Cinnaminstral? Bulma. And this has been Take Two of New Game Plus. Mm.